you're listening to a City on a Hill podcast. We'd love you to use and share this podcast, but please refrain from editing the content without permission from City on a Hill. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au. Hey, City on a Hill Geelong. I'm bummed not to be able to be with you in person as it's our annual missions conference, Summer Under the Sun, this coming week. Uh, But what a privilege it is for me to open this series over the next four weeks on the Great Commission. Let's pray together as we start. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word to us. Please send your spirit now so we may see and hear the Lord Jesus all the more clearly through your word and respond with faith to your love and power revealed in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I know the Great Commission is close to your hearts and a central part of your DNA as a church on mission. But if you're here for the first time today or visiting and you're unfamiliar with it, let me explain. These words from the very end of the Gospel of Matthew are the Lord Jesus Christ's final charge to his disciples. They kickstart the growth of the early church as described in the rest of the New Testament. They are Jesus Christ's ongoing charge to his church in every generation until he returns. So when you ask the question, why does the church of Christ exist? The answer ought to always be the Great Commission. This is the church's raison d'etre, rationale for existence, reason for being. Hear it again, Jesus says to his church, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Over this series, we're going to examine each phrase in detail. And today we begin with the opening verse. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority. We're going to proceed by asking questions of this text. I want, you to, I want to encourage you to turn on your Bible brain and come with us on this investigation. What are some features of this authority that Jesus has? What does this mean for us today? What does this mean? What does it mean when someone says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me? Uh, Frankly, if I said it, or if your lead pastor Andrew said it, you'd think we were crazy. And you'd be right. We'd be potential sociopathic narcissists. You'd run a mile from us, and quite rightly too. But when Jesus Christ said it, his first disciples believed him, took his word seriously, and then followed his commands with their whole lives. For almost all of them, it meant following Jesus to their own deaths as martyrs. They responded to the authority of Christ as true, eternally true, and worth committing their whole lives to, worth dying for. So we ask, who is this Jesus who commands such loyalty and and devotion? Now, I want to say to you today, if you've never read through all of Matthew's gospel in one sitting, then this summer is a great time to do it. There are four gospels in the Bible. Each one is like a mini biography of Jesus. And this verse, the Great Commission, is at the end of Matthew's gospel. It's it's the closeout final piece to the book. But to truly understand it, 
you've got to go back and read the whole book. It's not very long, it's shorter than your summer novel and longer than your average short story. It'll take you two, three hours. Do it, it'll change your life, I can promise you that. As you read, you might pay attention to the theme of authority. You'll read in the Christmas story that Jesus was a special prophesied about baby. Before he was even born, God's hand was on his life. Uh, when he was baptized, the heavens opened and he was anointed by the Spirit of God and conferred with authority from on high. So, first thing to note about authority is his authority is God's authority. As you keep reading, you'll notice that his authority is described, even constrained by the Word of God. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus was tempted by and battles with Satan, triumphing by his quiet, authoritative confidence in the Word of God. You'll remember, you know, Satan quotes scripture at him, but Jesus quotes back knowing what the whole Word of God really teaches. Now, it's, it's a wonder of the Christian faith that we worship a God who has made himself known in his words, the Bible. God isn't some capricious spirit doing what he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, unpredictable. No, his word is true, and he's true to his word, and he reveals his character and his authority in his word. That's why if we want to understand God and get to know God, we spend time studying his word. We see there his, his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his truth and justice, his power and authority. We keep reading Matthew and we see that Jesus' authority extends over every disease and affliction. He's healing people left, right and center. Uh, li listen to this from Matthew 4.24. So his fame spread throughout all Syria, and they brought him all the sick, those afflicted with various diseases and pains, those oppressed by demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Divine power and authority over all distressed, disease, demons. Are you or anyone you love afflicted by any of these? Jesus has authority over them to deliver and to heal. Then we come to Matthew chapter 5 and Jesus preaches the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. You can read it for yourself this summer. In fact, you should get it framed and, and put up prominently in your house. When Jesus finishes, the crowd say, who is this? He teaches not as the scribes and Pharisees, but as one who has authority. Now let's pause our reading through Matthew for a second and ask, what is authority anyway? Uh, authority is synonymous with power. In the Bible, the words are used almost interchangeably. And Jesus, in each and every gospel, is full, full of power and authority. He's, he's got healing power, power over demons, power over death in the raising of Jairus' daughter and Lazarus. Powerful, authoritative teaching from the Old Testament scriptures. Indeed, so powerful that Jesus' very words and the words of his inner circle of apostles become themselves in time the scriptures of the New Testament. We should therefore ask, who, who is this man? Who is this Jesus that even the wind and the waves obey him? Demons submit to him. Death and disease flee at his word. 
Who is this? Answer, he is the Theandros, Theos Andros, God-man, fully God, fully human, fully invested, we read, with all authority in heaven and on earth, with all of God's authority and power over everything. And yet, at the same time, fully human, born of the Virgin Mary, wore nappies, had a snotty nose, got hungry and tired and needed regular naps. Jesus can relate to us. He knows exactly what our human condition is like. Now friends, this is the mystery of the incarnation from the word carne, meat or flesh, that the divine creator God of the universe became meat, took on flesh, was found in human form. Fully flesh, you cut him, he bled and fully God with all the authority and power of God. That's, that's the Jesus of the Bible. I don't know about you, but that, that just does my head in. How is this possible? I mean, as a baby, did Jesus just snap his fingers and make all his tummy aches go away? How does this work? Uh, we'll just have to add that to the list of questions to ask Jesus when we get to heaven. But make no mistake, the mystery of the Theandros, the God-man, the incarnation, is central to our understanding of Jesus and authority. It's so, so important that we get our heads around this. Now, I'm, I'm kind of semi-famous for playing this game. I wonder if you've played it before. It's called, If I Were Writing the Bible. If I Were Writing the Bible. It goes like this. You read the Bible, and then you stop before you get to the next verse or the end of the story. And then at that point, you suspend all your previous Bible reading, and everything that you learned in Sunday school or Bible college, and you honestly attempt to write the next bit. Matthew's Gospel, any of the four Gospels. If I were writing the Bible, how would they end? I've given you the summary already. Jesus was the miracle baby. Jesus the healer and deliverer. Jesus the powerful teacher. Who is Jesus who stills the storm with the word. Jesus full of power and authority. Now, if I were writing the next bit, it would be Jesus the sin smasher who recruits his powerful army of apostles, trains them up, gives them superpowers, calls out Satan and all his hosts. There's a mega climax where the hosts of heaven clash with the hosts of hell on the slopes of Mount Zion. And guess what? Captain Jesus and his faithful army smashes them to bits. Oh wait, that's the Marvel Avengers universe. You know how the story ends. And if you don't, please listen super carefully now. Please read Matthew's gospel for yourself this week. For in fact, the Gospels testify, the whole Bible testifies that Jesus, the God-man, full of the authority and power of God, allows himself to be wrongfully arrested, unfairly tried, and cruelly crucified on the cross. Full of all the power and authority of the creator of the universe and the sustainer of all life, Jesus nevertheless humbles himself to death even death on a cross. Why? What kind of use of power and authority is this? Well, dear sister and brother in Christ, it's always good for us to remind ourselves. And dear friend, for whom perhaps this is new news, it's always our joy and our solemn duty to explain this clearly to you. For this is the heart of the Christian faith. This is the good news or the gospel 
This is the very center of all history, all reality, of everything that was and is and is to come. That the one true God who existed before and beyond all time and space and matter, and who made everything that we can see and experience and feel and much more besides, this God, all-powerful, all-seeing, all-knowing, present in all places and in all times, this God humbled himself into human form to die for us. Now, why did he have to die? Well, there's a, there's a whole other sermon series in that question. The Bible tells us clearly he had to die because we couldn't die to save ourselves. We're helpless to do anything about death, really. And if anything, these past two years with COVID has reminded us of our limits. We struggle every day with disappointments, sadnesses, brokenness. And if we are honest and reflective, we realize how fractured, imperfect each of us are within ourselves even. I'm not as wise or as patient or kind, gentle, loving, courageous, or even deeply joyful as I hope to be. All this, the Bible identifies as the brokenness of the world and of every person in the world living outside of God's loving rule. And the Bible word for that is sin. And God's solution to the problem of sin is to send a savior to pay the price of sin for the wages of sin is death death on a cross, which is what Jesus does to reconcile humanity and the world back to himself, back to God. Or to put it this way, God uses all of his authority and power to serve us, to serve us in the most humble, costly, sacrificial, loving and amazing way. God's authority is tuned to submission and service. Now, I could not ever have in a thousand years written that kind of ending to any of the gospel stories. Uh, my natural inclination is to fix things myself. Our culture has self-made men and strong independent women, and to depend on anyone else is a sign of weakness. Our, our heroes and champions do it all by themselves. Uh, in Australia, we worship athletic ability and the rugged individuality of our sports stars. No wonder Australians find it hard to relate to a Jesus who, who dies limp and alone on a cross. But of course, that's not the end of the story in Matthew or in any of the Gospels. Jesus doesn't stay dead. The back half of the good news is that truly fantastic news of Easter, that on the third day, the tomb was empty. Jesus conquers sin and death by his mighty resurrection power. Death could not hold him down. No grave could contain the Savior. And for the resurrected Jesus, there's no barrier that can now hold back his love and power for those who believe. He will walk through walls and flood and fire and famine. He will cross the seas, cross languages and cultures to declare his love and salvation for you and for me. Or to put it another way, all of Jesus' authority and power was not crushed by his death on the cross. No, all of Jesus' authority and power was focused on the cross, submitted there to the will of the Father. Not my will, but yours be done, Jesus Christ. It is finished, he cried from the cross at that moment when all of that awesome authority and power was used to pay the price of sin and win back the universe and every single person who has ever or who will ever live and breathe and die back for relationship with God. That's, that's how much God loves you and me and every person who will ever be.
And then, you know, on that third day, all of that authority of power focused on the cross is once again unleashed upon the world. But this time, notice how it happens post-Easter Sunday. Jesus says, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations. In other words, God's authority, focused on the cross, is now delegated to the people of God, to the church of God. Now, City on Hill Geelong, that ought to blow our minds. Jesus' authority, anointed authority at his baptism, authority over demons, death, disease, authority coming from the right handling of the word of God, authority that's focused on servanthood and suffering and sacrifice on the cross. All authority in heaven and earth is now yours and mine as we go make disciples of all nations. Doesn't that blow your mind? Now, there are some discontinuities. I'm not the Messiah and some days I'm just a very naughty boy. But I need to take seriously that my Lord Jesus has given me this commission and delegated this authority to me for a purpose. And if you're a follower of the Lord Jesus today, he's done the same for you. So as we close, let's, let's remind ourselves. The resurrected Jesus says, I've got all of God's authority and power, and now I'm delegating it. I'm commissioning you, my disciples, you, my church, to go in my name, to go with my authority and power, with the indwelling power of the promised Holy Spirit, to go and do this, to proclaim the gospel, to make more disciples, to make disciples from every tribe and tongue and people and language and nation. Now, <laughs> if I were writing the Bible, frankly, I'd get the Archangel Gabriel to do it. I mean, he's better looking than I am. And despite Andrew's kind words about me before, he's definitely got a more impressive CV. But God trusts you and me much more than we trust ourselves. God loves and loves to use you and I in his great salvation plan for the world. Those four words from CMS, pray, care, give, go. In response to Jesus' authority delegated to you, will you commit to praying in a committed, regular, passionate way for Zoe Creelman and the work in the Northern Territory? Will you sign up to pray with CMS as we seek to reach a whole world for Jesus? Uh, we've got a prayer mate app feed. Uh, you can send our office an email to get our news and regular prayer points. Please do it. You know, I can usually measure the real spiritual health of a church by the attendance at a regular prayer meeting for world mission. Is that a challenge for you leaders here at City on a Hill Geelong? Will you, will you commit to caring and giving to the work of world mission? Every CMS missionary knows a season of despair and loneliness. At that moment, they need to be strengthened by emails and letters and words of support and love, assurances of prayer, solidity of financial support. They need to know that their community of faith has been with them in all those things from day one. You know, that knowledge firms their resolve to persevere and to keep trusting God. They are not alone. We are doing this together as the Church Missionary Society. All authority is mine, says Jesus. Go make disciples of all nations. So will you join us in CMS in this great adventure and challenge? Will you join in with what God is doing all around the world? 
I hope you will. Please do send us an email and ask to be put on Zoe's list and to get our mail. God bless you, City on Hill, Geelong. Let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, we stand in awe of you that all of your authority, all of your power was focused on the cross for our sake to save us when we were powerless to save ourselves. And if there are any here today listening who don't know that truth, then Lord, please draw them to yourself and help them to have a, a conversation with someone. What, what was that crazy speaker saying when he talked about that? Father, for those of us who share together as sisters and brothers in Christ, help us to hear your words today, Lord Jesus, that all authority is yours. And now you share it with us, you delegate it to us that we might go, make disciples, share your love, proclaim your goodness to the nations. Give us the desire of our hearts that we might see a world come to know Jesus, people from every tribe and tongue and language and nation. And Father, in so doing, strengthen us to be global Christians, to see what you are doing and to give thanks for what you are doing all around the world. We ask and pray, Lord Jesus, in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about our church, or if you'd like to donate to the work of City on a Hill, please visit cityonahill.com.au.